to another episode of Humans with a Purpose. Today, I have a very special guest. She is inspiring. Madiha Server is a single mom raising two boys on her own, and she lives in Phoenix, Arizona. She has a story that needs to be told. And when I saw her page on Instagram, I immediately said to myself, I need to interview Madiha because she brings so much optimism and hope. Madhya, thank you so much for joining Humans with a Purpose. Thank you, Alia, for having me today. Madhya, tell me about yourself. Tell me a little bit about who you are and what you do. Um, I'm a teacher by profession, so I teach. That just makes it good for me because I love my job. I feel like I'm doing something that serves a purpose, which is, you know, to teach kids. You talk a lot about your boys and you talk a lot about motherhood what for you brings you purpose purpose has changed for me over the years when i got married my purpose was really different um you know after my husband passed away i think that was just a turning point for me and i found myself questioning why am i here if he's no longer here and uh, you know of course when i was 10 or 15 or even when I was unmarried or got married after having kids, I never really thought about what's my purpose. I, I didn't. I was just living my life. Um, but I think after he passed away, I really, really started to question my purpose. And I think thinking about my purpose kind of helped me move forward. Um, so at that time in 2010, I was really focused on my boys because I was the only parent that they had left. And even though I have a very supportive family, but, you know, I thought I'm the parent and nobody can take my place. So I started to go back to school. I finished my degree. That was my purpose. I needed to finish school so I can work, so I can support myself and my children. That became my purpose for the next two years. And then I started working. And eventually, over time, now at this point, I feel like my purpose is, of course, to raise my boys to become good human beings, but also do something for, you know, not just like in my life for the boys, but something big. And it doesn't have to be something big like, oh, like, you know, for other people, for the community, something so people can find some hope for my story, whether it's writing, whether anything. If you don't mind me asking, how did you lose your husband? There was a plane, air blue plane crash, which happened on July 28th in 2010. And the flight uh, crashed actually in Margala Hills in Islamabad. He was a co-pilot of that flight. And he was in the Air Force prior to that. And he had joined Air Blue. And he was just completing one year of being in Air Blue. But unfortunately, in that crash, nobody survived. So that's how I, my husband passed away. So can you describe that moment when you found out about the crash and what was going through your mind? You know, uh, so at that time, uh, we were in Karachi. My parents and my sister and my brother, they were all visiting. I just, I remember my sister, I heard her crying over the phone and her husband's in the Air Force as well. So I asked her if he's okay. And because in my mind, I didn't even think about my husband, right? Because he had left the Air Force and I right. thought, you know, those things are not going to be happening anymore. But then she told me that Air Blue had crashed. And I think I was just uh, in shock 
And even, you know, when people were saying, I think there's so many people that maybe are alive. I don't know. I think in my heart, I think God was preparing me because I was, I just kind of knew that, you know, he, he had passed away. My boys were really young at that time. My older one was almost seven and my younger one was five. I just, I was thinking about them. I mean, I don't even think at that time I was really crying because in my mind, so many other things were going on. Like, what am I going to do? How am I going to raise the boys? What am I going to do? Because I mean, I was completely dependent on him and, and we were in Pakistan and I had moved after my shadi to Pakistan because my family was here in America and we moved here when I was 10. So I moved back just because he was there. So now I was just thinking everything, you know, okay, I might have, I have to go back. I have to start all over. And again, I have, uh, you know, my brother, my sisters, my parents, super supportive, but I feel like the things that I had to do at that time, yes, Alhamdulillah, I had their support, but you know, sometimes you feel that despite no matter how much pain you're in or whatever you have to do, there are things that I had to keep on doing. And I'm glad I did because, uh, that's actually what I want people to understand that, you know, it doesn't mean that it doesn't hurt and it hurts. And a lot of people tell me that you're so amazing or how do you do it? I'm not amazing. I have very bad days too. But the fact is that I know that Allah doesn't want everybody to be perfect. He knows that I'm going to be sad on some days, but I think what he wants me to show him is despite the fact that I'm in so much pain, I am still moving forward and fulfilling my responsibilities as a mother. And I think that's, that's what it is at the end of the day. So you, you said something that was really interesting and it made me think, which is when you hear like shocking news or when you hear news that really changes your world, like flips you upside down, you said something about just doing and just doing things. And for you, like, did you ever have a moment to, to grieve? Because for you, like, you know, I think as moms, we all try to, we, we want to just protect everyone else. We want to take care of our children. We want to be that safety net. That's the nurturing side of us. And a lot of times we forget to take care of ourselves in that process too. And I wonder, you know, you're kind of just like, I'm just going to keep going. And then later on, something clicked in your mind and you said, you know, I need to grieve too. You know what, actually, I think I was very different. I mean, I hear a lot from people who have lost their spouses. They say, I don't cry in front of my kids. or I don't, don't cry in front of my parents because, you know, I don't want them to feel bad or cry. I'm the complete opposite. I cry in front of my parents. I cry in front of my sisters. I cry in front of my boys because I want to normalize it, especially for my boys, that it's okay to cry. Yes. No, it's not bad. You know, I've heard it so many times, Alia, that don't be, don't be ungrateful, you know, don't cry or don't say this or don't say that. And I just, before I used to hurt my feelings, but now I just ignore it because I only have one thing in my mind and that's Allah. What does he want? Is he going to be upset with me if I cry? No, he's not because we're humans and we've seen people before us, the prophets before us, when they lost their children or their family members, they cried too. So it's okay. He was my husband and a very good one at that. And, you know, we had a lot of plans. I mean, 
we were only married for eight years. I was 29 at that time. So, you know, the last thing I was thinking is I'm going to become a widow or I'm going to have to raise my kids as a single mom. And again, Alhamdulillah, I'm very, very lucky that I, st- I have my parents who are very supportive. I mean, I work, so then sometimes my mom goes to pick my boys up and then she drops them off. Uh, my brother has played a very, very significant role in my boy's life and he still does. Um, so I'm really grateful for all of that, but I never stopped myself from crying. I want the boys to cry too. So every time and again, I, I do talk to the boys, but I feel like my younger one is really good at expressing his feelings. But my older one, if I start to talk about his dad, he gets very upset and he has tears in his eyes. I just, I talk to him because I want to tell him it's okay. If you want to come talk to me, don't think that's going to upset me, but because he gets so upset, so then I stop. But I talk about him every day like nothing has changed. So they, because that's the only way of them knowing him because they were too young. So they don't remember much about him. But because I talk so much about him, it's kind of like a normal thing. And, you know, I don't always cry when I talk about him. Sometimes I talk about him with my sister and we laugh. And sometimes I talk about him with my mom and we laugh. And then there are some days that, you know, maybe we cry together. Or I cry by myself, and which is okay. So, no, I've, I, I did grieve, but you're right. At that time when I was in school, I, I didn't have time. So I would be sad, but then I'd be like, okay, you know what? no time to be sad right now because either you have a paper due or you have to do this or you have to do that. With time, people say things get better. For me, with time, I think my patience kind of is running out Mm. Um, because the things that I did back then, I don't think I can, I don't, I can't do it anymore because it just, you know, it hurts me every day. And of, of course the boys are getting older. And I think I talked about it on one of my posts on Instagram. He's obviously he's talked about a lot and I'm asked about him a lot. And sometimes I don't mind when people ask me, but there are certain things when my kids, you know, when I have to file for a new passport or when, you know, yes. my older one went to get a license and dad was asked about and I had to say, oh, he's passed away. And I said it so casually, but in my heart, I'm just thinking, oh my gosh, you know, how many times would I have to say this over again? So, but otherwise on my Instagram page, you understand. And that's why they talk to me about him as well, because they know that it makes me feel better. I don't get sad. Or even if I do, I still want to talk about him. Yes. Especially in the, in the school system too, right? There's so much emphasis on Mother's Day and Father's Day and father-daughter dance and, you know, mother-son dance and I'm sure that for children, especially when that day comes, it must be so difficult, right? And also for you as a parent, it's, it's kind of like rekindling that, that grieving all over again. Do you experience that? I feel like sometimes they don't really know what they're missing out on because they don't remember when they had him. So, you know, like, I know what it's like having a father, right? Because I've grown up, alhamdulillah, my dad's still here. Yes. But they were too young. So they really don't know what they're missing out on. Um, right. They don't know what it's like having a dad, especially at this age or when they were growing up. Uh, they have very, like, their memories. My older one probably has some memories, but the younger one, not much, not many. Only what I tell him. It's so beautiful how you allow your kids to see you cry. Because even for me, like sometimes when I get emotional, like uh, 
you know, my son will sometimes come in and like, I'll say things like, oh, it's just allergies, right? Especially for, for boys, because, you know, what you said about boys need to, to be able to express themselves and crying is a way of, is a form of expression. Right. It's not like, you know, you're not a girl if you, it's, you know, there's labels for boys and girls, but Exactly. Cry, crying is a form of, of, of expression and it's, it's a release too. And it's great that you're a role model for your boys in that way that, you know, it's okay. You're still strong. You can still right. cry and be strong. Exactly. And I, I hope that when I'm not here or even, you know, when I'm here, when they're a little bit older to understand, that's what they'll remember me as that, you know, she broke down as well. And she lost someone that she dearly loved, but she still stood up, you know, for us, for Allah, because, you know, there's some things that we have to do, right? Yes. You don't die with other people. I mean, no matter how much you want to, but you have to do certain things. And again, that's where I found my purpose. Yes. That that's why I'm here. You know, I must have a reason to be here. If Allah left me here, I must have a reason. Um, and like I said, it expanded from my kids. Now it went to like other people. So if I have other people, you know, calling me or telling me how my writing has helped them, then I just, you know, and I don't think I'm amazing. I just think whatever the patience that I do have is all from Allah because I'm nothing. I thought I was going to die, but you know, here I am 10 years later with you talking with you. So, yes. you know, Alhamdulillah. And it sounds like, you know, I, I asked this question of all my guests of who helped you define your purpose, who, who helped you discover your purpose. And it sounds like to me, you're a very spiritual person and God, Allah plays a huge role in your life. Is that true? Definitely. Definitely. If he did not play a huge role in my life, I don't know how I would have, you know, taken after my husband passed away, I don't know what I would have done. That's what I tell everybody too. I just had someone call me a few days ago and unfortunately she lost her husband a year ago and she asked me, what did you do? And I just said, I, I prayed and that's what I did. That's how I found peace. Um, not saying that it's some kind of magic that, you know, you pray and everything is okay. That's not the point. The point is you ask him for his help and you know, I, I talk to my family and I do feel better. But when I'm doing my namaz and when I raise my hand in dua and the peace that I feel in my heart, which I feel is a miracle in itself, that I can't see Allah, I can't hear him, yet I feel everything's going to be okay. But that doesn't mean I'm just going to sit down and everything's going to be happening by itself. I have to, I have to move, I have to keep going, even if it hurts more, you know, some days than the other days. But he will make things better. And I think that's how I've lived the last 10 years of my life. That's, that's a very interesting point that you bring up because a lot of times, you know, in, in our faith, especially in the Islamic faith, there's this concept of gratitude or sugar. And I was listening to someone today and he said something very profound that just stuck to me. And for us, like when when something comes our way, like when it's, you know, unhappiness, grief, or some mishap in our lives that really changes everything for us, we 
aren't grateful, right? We, we ask God, like, God, why did you do this to me, right? Or why is this happening to me? And this person says something very profound. He said, you know, we should always be grateful to God and we should, that's part of the Alhamdulillah, right? That's the opening exactly. verse of the, of the Quran. At the same time, we have to show patience with man. So with God, you're always going to be grateful. With man, you're always going to be patient. And, you know, you kind of talked about that too, in the sense that I'm sure like, you know, I think man tests our patience more than anything. And we have to have this suburb. And I wonder for you too, because in the Pakistani culture, there's a lot of like, whenever grief happens, like nobody really wants to talk about it. They want to shove it under the rug and, you know, or stick it in the closet. A lot of times when people lose their spouses due to a mishap, there's this instant planning of like, I want to get you married again. And I don't know if you face that or if you ever had to deal with those type of cultural pressures, not even from your own family, but just from society. How did you deal with that? What made you strong or what kind of guided you or how did you have that patience or suburb with man or women in this case too? So starting with my, my immediate family, my parents, and my, I'm the oldest one. I have three, two sisters and one brother. I don't remember them ever coming to me or saying anything like me, like that to me. Um, and my mom, I still remember to this day when my husband passed away, she said to my brother, I don't know what's going to happen to her. She's going to die. That's mm. how much I, you know, I, I loved him, obviously. And wow. just the way that he had passed away. Yeah. So never um and then i moved over here so i mean maybe people talked about it back home some people did say stuff like that over here but it was only a few right and initially it started to really hurt my feelings like you know he's not it's not a pair of jeans right that oh you lost one so you go get another one yes um or you know people just think what are you going to do you're going to be alone um your boys are going up but you know to me I don't want to marry someone just because I don't want to live alone. Okay. That's, that's not the point. Um, and I'm very content with where I am today. And I also feel that not everybody doesn't have to get married. You know, if it was supposed to happen, Allah will make a way and maybe that's not for me. And I never wanted that for myself either. You know, maybe there are times when I might've thought maybe, maybe, you know, it might be a good idea, but then, you know, when you're really sad, you're not making the right, you're not in the right frame of mind. So you're probably not making the right decision. So one way or the other, I think Allah guided me and showed me this is what it is. And I am so content and I'm so happy, happy with where I am today and happy that I have, you know, I have so many memories of my husband and I, and you're right, we, we do talk about being grateful. I've heard a lot of people telling me, oh, you have to be grateful, you know. Um, as if if I talk about him, I'm somehow being ungrateful. Hmm. And I think it's the exact opposite. I think Allah made him my strength, even though he's physically not here. Wow. Um, so he, he did. But all praise due to Allah, who, you know, who put that in my heart. And even when he passed away, I remember because his plane crashed in Islamabad, that was a Wednesday and they brought him back on Thursday. I, I couldn't see him, but 
his coffin was, you know, in my front yard. And I was sitting there. And even at that time, I was thinking that I need to be patient because you know what they say that when patience is tested at the first stroke of calamity, how you react. And uh, I just thought, you know, Alamia, I'm going to be patient. You just give him to me when you have promised. You know, when I go there, when I come there, I want him there because I know no matter what I do right now, how much I cry, what, no matter what I say, he's not coming back. So what can I do to get him back eventually, right? Because that's, that, that's what I want. And of course, to please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because, you know, we, we don't realize these things because, again, we don't talk about death. Yes. I never used to talk about it either. I mean, it's kind of like, oh, don't talk about those things. And I didn't. But now I, I do. And I think about it. And because I think about it so much, I'm very mindful or I try to be mindful of my actions. Um, and I think I've changed. I try to change myself. And you know, little things that we didn't think, like somebody's calling us and you're telling, oh, tell them we're not here. I mean, that's lying. I, I, I don't want to do that. I don't want to lie for no reason. My anniversary just recently passed on, in July. And I was very, very upset. And I, had, I don't remember when I was that upset because, you know, I'm usually at work and I'm pretty okay. But, but then again, you know, after a little bit, I, I prayed, I prayed, and then, then it was okay. So, and that's what I want people to understand that you can, it's okay to be sad. Nobody's asking you not to be sad, but just keep, keep moving forward. Keep on yes. doing what you're supposed to be doing. Yes. You mentioned that for you, like you had a different sense of time before your husband passed away. You had, you know, different mindset. And after he left, you probably really cherished time. And you talked about the phone calls, which we all are guilty of. We ignore those calls or we you know, we, we tell our kids to tell them like, oh, we're not home. Right. Um, but how, what are some things that you've changed as a result of this? Like, how do you live your life now? So before I think just like anybody, I just, you know, I wanted to have fun and I was thinking I want a nice house and I want my kids to go to a really nice school and good clothes. And I'm still like that. I mean, I still want my kids to, you know, do well in their education, and their careers. Um, but personally, for me, it's not as important. Like, I have a house, and I'm very content, okay? I don't think, oh, now after, after this, I want to buy a bigger one because it's okay. Or, you know, even with my things, I, if some, I lose something, it's no big deal. I just kind of try to tell myself it was time for it to go. Right. Like if you, if you misplace, if you misplace something, you're just, exactly. can't we have because, this saying of in the live in the lie, Rajun, right? Which exactly. Is, exactly. Yeah. And it's so true. And even that saying, you know, I mean, I've heard it so many times, but I never really, really understood, you know, what it, I mean, I understood what it meant, but to feel it and this is when my husband passed away yes. and you're like, Oh, you know, this is in Arabic, which, which means, um, from him we come and to him we return. We return. And it's right. so true. It's yeah. so true. So I think that just gave me a different perspective of life. Um, you know, I'm here. I don't know how long I'm here for. So I just try to focus on my relationships, hopefully, you know, because when I leave or even when I'm here, I don't want people 
to think about me and then suddenly remember something that I hurt their feelings or I, I made them feel bad for any reason. Yes. And as far as things are concerned, I really don't care. I mean, I like good things. I love shopping and I love clothes and all that stuff. And I do all that stuff. But I realize over time that the happiness that I'm looking for, no matter what I do, I, I don't feel it. And I'm not going to feel it anymore over here because I want something else. And that something else is not here. So of course, as long as I'm here, I'm going to do what I'm supposed to be doing. And I'm going to hopefully be an example of suburb for my kids. So, I mean, God forbid, I don't want anything like this to happen to them. But, you know, other things happen too in life. You know, maybe you lose your job or you don't yes. do well on your exam. It's not the end of the world okay you have to work for it and then inshallah you know Allah will make a way so hopefully yes I want them to understand that there's a whole concept of resilience which our society at this point in time we're all struggling with that right especially with this pandemic and with you know just not being able to travel not being able to eat out not being able to do the things that we really enjoy doing right and this, we are being tested in a different way. And there's a lot of grief in that too, which is this longing for being able to get on, get on a plane and go somewhere right. for summer vacation or being able to go to a hotel or go to the grocery store and buy things exactly. without having to sanitize it, right? Exactly. Or, or even not having to wear a mask. Um, and so for you, it just seems like, you know, you, you see a bigger perspective. And I think for a lot of people, we see we we're so um stuck to this world we're so attached to this world that we don't see beyond this world and it sounds like for you you are anxiously awaiting for the next world i am i mean i don't want to say that i'm not grateful for this life yes i am but now but you I see a bigger of, you see something further I do. ahead yes exactly because i know that that's where I am going to end up. I am not here forever, right? So before it's my time, what are the things that are needed to, you know, what I need to take care of? Um, so, you know, I, I kind of try to look at the bigger picture, but I also try, it sounds cliche, but I try to look for, you know, some the silver, silver lining. lining. Yes. Exactly, exactly. Yes. And I think that's what, you know, kind of gets us through. Yes, that's so true. And I think that's what life is, right? The whole ups and downs and, Exactly. That's why, that's why we go to sleep. That's why right. we, we have that rest. You know, if we, I mean, think about it. If we didn't have sleep, that's another form of gratitude, you know, to be right. able to sleep things off, as they say. Because exactly. you know, in, the, um, in Islam, when you go to sleep, your soul dies. And then when you wake up, your soul becomes alive again. And that's a exactly. gift in itself, too. Definitely. So, Medea, what... What are you living for at this moment? You know, what, what's, what's your, what is your hope? Obviously, for my kids. Um, I feel like, you know, I have to be here for my kids. Um, and also just, uh, just to do something good for, you know, the community. Or even if I can make one person feel better, I'd feel, you know, I did something. Because, you know, I feel like, yeah, they're my kids, so I have to take care of them. Other than my kids, other than my family, what is it that I can still do? 
Um, and I think about, you know, there's so many other people who are going through, you know, different kind of hardships. Yes. Um, so, you know, if, uh, if talking to them or through my writings or through, you know, some kind of interview or something, if they hear me and if they feel some kind of hope, yes. or if it brings them even a little bit closer to Allah, I mean, I'd be the happiest person I think. And I think wow. that's what I want to do. I really want people to understand that when people pass away, it's okay to talk about them because I feel like a lot of people don't do that. They don't because they think either, either they don't feel comfortable or the people around them won't be comfortable. And that's something that I have done because I think that's how I live. I think I thrive when I talk about him, when other people, I actually get upset sometimes at my mom or my dad that you said him, his name, his name, his name. Why didn't you take his name? Just take his name. Just like, you know, so yes. to normalize it. And if you cry within that, that's okay too. It doesn't matter. So, And so I heard something so beautiful. And I think about this all the time, which is people don't die. They only die if, you, if their memory dies. And, exactly. you know, it sounds like your whole purpose is to keep your husband's memory alive. It and- is. And, you know, I... If he was here, he probably won't know who I am because when he was here, I was very shy. I didn't, you know, like to talk to, I mean, if it's a big group, I wouldn't talk a lot. And I still am like that. But when I do get an opportunity where somebody says, you want to talk to you or want to interview you or know more about you, I never turn them down because then Mm. I know I would have a chance to talk about him. So then more people will know about him. Why not? I mean, he was a really great man. He was a great husband, just a, you know, very nice human being. And I want other people to know about him. It's not for me that I am some amazing person. Absolutely not. It's just to keep him alive. I think in our culture, it's the mindset is so different. And I found out more about that after my husband passed away. I found out how much we lack in empathy as a community. And uh, that's something I know one of your questions is, what would you want to change if it was one thing? And I think I would ask people to have a little bit more empathy, kindness. I mean, it's not that hard. So, and if you don't have anything to say, just, you know, don't say anything because words have such a, I feel like they have the power. What what is an example of kindness or what is an example of where you feel like someone could have showed you more empathy mostly people have been super kind uh super empathetic because i don't want sympathy i want you to understand that some what's, days I'm what's the difference okay. this is a good point because i do want people to understand this what's the difference between sympathy and empathy sympathy according to me would be somebody who's just feeling bad for another person so like in my case if somebody is being sympathetic with me they're going to be like, oh, you know, poor girl, she lost her husband. They're going to say stuff and then they're going to leave. Empathy would be you try to really, really feel what I'm feeling and then kind of talk to me about it. Um, and that's what my friends and my family did, you know, because I do not want sympathy. I don't want somebody to look at me and say, oh, bichari madhya. No, I want them to remember me or think about when they think about me, they think about that she was resilient. She was strong. And especially after knowing my background, because I met my husband when I was 16 years old and I have mm. liked him ever since. And even then the doa part played a huge role 
because I prayed because I was too scared to tell my mom. Because so, I you, so you, so you knew right away when you met him at the age of sixteen that this is it. This is the guy yeah. that you married. Sounds very like like a Bollywood movie, but I mean, I did okay, not yeah. saying that he did, yeah. but I did. And you know, and I think that's what kind of kept me grounded when I when he did pass away. That I thought, you know, if Allah listened to me and He gave him to me, then it's okay if he took him away from me. And if I'm patient, then he will give him to me again. I mean, that's his promise. And I truly, truly believe that. And I think that's what kind of kept me grounded at that time. Um, but again, obviously with time, there are days that you're like, oh, why did this happen? Or, you know, what's, I really can't understand the good in it. But then when I hear from people that I don't even know that I've never met and the things that they say to me, and how, you know, they, they find peace or they get comfort, then I'm like, oh, maybe I'm also here so people can maybe learn a little from me. You know, it's interesting. I, and, and this is something that has always bothered me, specifically about Pakistani culture. It doesn't really happen as much. It happens in everywhere. But I think this happens more in Pakistani culture where there are a lot, we're, there are a lot of shifters. You know, when you're having a conversation and if you say like, oh, you know, oh, I just got diagnosed with cancer, right? This is an extreme example. Like, oh, really? You did? Well, I, you know, I, I know so-and-so who had it and blah, 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 and blah, 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 blah. And they did this and they did this and they, they tried these remedies. And so the, like, the conversation shifts back to them. It becomes all about them. And what you're saying is that empathy is let the other person talk and just be there, be that listening ear and don't make it about you or your uncle exactly. or somebody that you know, just let it be about them. Exactly. And because I've had to go through some phases where I've heard, you know, oh, you need to be grateful. Look at so-and-so-and-so. Yes. And I'm like, you know what? Again, it used to really, really bother me. I used to get super upset, but I think I've trained myself to think, you know what? if they can't be empathetic, if they can't really understand that I really shouldn't care about what they have to say. Yeah. So I stopped caring. I might have to kind of, you know, remind myself from time and again, because of course, you know, it gets to you. Yeah. Um, and that's exactly what it is that when I'm ta- and when I'm talking about my grief or my struggles, first of all, I'm not being ungrateful and I'm not, it's not that I'm not belittling somebody else's problems or their grief okay I'm just talking about myself because when somebody talks back to me or writes to me maybe it'll make me feel better or they'll understand it's very it's like we're humans right so treat us like humans if Allah doesn't expect some things from me then why are you telling me to do something that he doesn't expect out of me right um so those those things those comparisons comparing the grief comparing the problems yeah that's just I think um it's just something that's out there, unfortunately. And I think people really, really need to look into or be mindful of what they're saying. Yes, and paying attention. And I think, mm-hmm. and I think it, it's coming from a place of like wanting the other person to feel like, oh, I care about you and I'm trying to make things better. But actually, you're making things worse. Worse, exactly. It's true. Yes. It's true. No like more. you think you're being helpful, but you're not. <laughs> They're not, or, you know, they give you a certain time frame, And then after that time frame, everything's supposed to go back to normal. Right. But you know what? Unfortunately, it doesn't work like that. Yeah. Um, I don't know about other people. I 
I'm pretty sure that they feel the same way. But I feel that when you lose someone, when you lose someone who's been so close to you, then your life changes. Okay. Um, and that's okay. Because when you, you change, that's okay. Then the people who love you, who really care about you are going to accept you for what you are. And I'm, I hope, and I'm, I try to change for the better. So, right. and I, I was recently reading the 40 rules of love and there's this one um, quote in it, which says every love story or every um, friendship leads to an unexpected transformation. And if you didn't change before and after love that you haven't loved enough. Yes. And I read that and I read that and I thought, this is amazing because I feel like I've changed as well. And uh, I had to, of course, I had to lose him to change to this where I am. But you know what? If it makes me hopefully a more mindful person of Allah and if it makes me get closer to Allah, then it's okay. Then the loss was worth it. Definitely worth it. Wow, those that's amazing. And the introspection and the self-awareness that you have, Medea, is inspiring to me. I mean, I try, you know, I try every day. It's like, you know, it's you have to work on it every day. Because of course I am a human, so I make a lot of mistakes. I mean, I get upset. I get upset at my boys. Sometimes I get, you know, upset at my mom. Because the thing is, there are days when I do feel like, what is going on? Okay. And I think you take it out more on either your kids and my poor mom, because I think nobody else is going to really understand yes, it. That's right. Um, and I'm very lucky that my mom has been very patient because she understands I'm not, of course, where I want to be, but I try, um, you know, forgiving people. Because before I was like, no, oh, if somebody got me upset and I was like, okay, whatever, you know, but now I try to be more, it's okay. It's okay. Even if I think that they were wrong, I, I try, you know, I try, I would try to forgive them or I would make Because you just, that, you, because you think life is so short to begin with, right? Right. And again, you know, like they say, if you want a lot to forgive you, then you how to, are you not forgiving? Exactly. Right? So, exactly. and of course, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the most merciful. He's the most forgiving. So if we are nowhere like that, yes. but at least you can try. You yes. can try. Beautiful. Beautiful. Medea, what is your final message? I would say just to have that connection with God, with Allah, because it has helped me so much. Um, and I hope and I pray the same for my boys, that they have this love for Allah in their hearts, because you know what? Nobody can put it in there for you. You have to feel it from yourself. I mean, Nobody said, my parents never said that to me. You have to love Allah, okay? It just, it came. So now I make the offer for my kids because you know what? Once you find that, then no matter where you are, at the end of the day, things start to feel and look better. So even on the days, I feel like, you know, what, why this is happening or nobody cares about me. You know, you have those days because your husband or your wife, you know, you guys are partners. So yes. when one of them is gone, the void is very real and the pain that comes along with it is very real. But I feel like that connection with Allah keeps me grounded. It keeps me sane. If I didn't have that, then I don't know what I would do. So that's what I would tell people to just, you know, have that connection with whatever makes you feel better. I, I, I heard something so beautiful and it just made me stop in my tracks. 
And often we say things like, I'm trying to find God. You're not trying to find God. God is not something that you find. God is the name of waiting. And for you, it sounds like God came to you. He was always there. He's always with us. But he came to you when your husband passed away and he made himself known to you. Would you say that's, you know, is that something that you feel? Kind of closeness that I feel, I didn't feel before. I always had very, you know, I had yakin that if I'm asking him something, he is going to listen. So my faith, my iman never wavered. But the way that I am with him now is because I think after losing him, I, I think I found refuge in his words. I found comfort in his company. That's what I did. So even now, if I feel upset on days or I, it's, I'm just having a hard day, I do talk to my mom, but eventually I just, I go read namaz. I go read Quran and I think I do. And you know, the most amazing thing is it can be the littlest thing, but I feel like he's never returned me empty handed. And even when I do get a little upset, you know, then again, he does something then I'm like, it's okay. It's going yeah. to be okay. And you know, it's not like he comes down. Sometimes it can be in the form of my parents or the form of my brother or my right. friends. It's, would through, it's, through like people. it's through people. It's through people. It's yes. through people. Um, and just having that peace and having that faith in my heart is, I think that's all I need. And again, I always say that, you know, your faith, your iman is not something that's stays the same all the time right you know it goes up and down up it and wavers down, and that's okay it wavers exactly and Allah knows that so we should we should be okay with that too but as long right. as again you can go ahead and then do the things that you're supposed to do you're all I think you're, you're going to be okay thank you so much Madia. this has been such a amazing conversation thank I'm, you thank you for having me thank you for talking to me I really appreciate it Thank you.